Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to more Last Minute Kickout. I am, as always, Pete Titans Green Nethercoat, joined by the one and only John Turbo Finley, and as always, our third co 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 host cohort, one Mister Kevin the Kevin Eva Eva. <laughs> He's the third this man. <laughs> this week we are Team BAD. Bearded and dangerous. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Um, and yes, and as promised in our Survivor Series episode, we are talking about War Games, the NXT uh, show that happened on WWE Weekend. Um, pro tip, I have never seen an NXT pay-per-view before. This is really my only first like NXT show I've only ever seen. So I'm essentially jumping in on the deep end but yeah, uh, spoilers it, it was a good one uh, I liked it um, general feelings you guys before we break it down uh, for myself uh, I've always been a fan of watching the NXT TakeOver shows uh, been a great fan of the products uh, since uh, uh, 2015 essentially so still not a OG kind of like person watching the product but still you know long enough knowing who's been there and who's accomplished what um, and uh, overall experience on this takeover show war games it was definitely a really good takeover probably not in the same caliber as other takeovers prior to that see for example the fir first uh, NXT takeover Brooklyn right um, but uh, it was in general, a very good show. Uh, when he says see NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, no, really, see NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, oh my goodness, that show. Was that the one with the Iron Woman match? No. Uh, that was the first title match between Bailey and Sasha, Sasha while Sasha was champion. And uh, yes, that was the match of the nights for that show. So definitely watch that. And the rest of the card was no slouch either. That no. Was... Yeah, the mean... ladder match with Kevin Owens and Finn Balor as well, which was mm. really good. Lots of cool stuff. On that. I mean, I mean, you say that. I mean, the the only real match I was disappointed with was the first one of the televised show. Uh, but before I get into that, I, I do want to say, fuck me, WWE, do more 30-minute kickoff shows so I'm not bored before the actual main <laughs> event, for God's sake. Oh, the, NXT does yeah. it right. Fucking hell. Yeah, I, they de they actually do put these kind of like NXT kickoff shows as pretty much the filler preview. You, you guys remember on Sky Box Office where they would always have that kind of like uh, 15, 20-minute kind of like preview leading up to the live event that's on loop constantly if you um, you know to kind of like sell you the pay-per-view you know and, I, uh, I, I believe it's it was called, I believe like... it was called Sunday Night Heat <laughs> as, as I recall not that, <laughs> not that. it wasn't that no it was like you, you would have like uh, like Todd Grisham or um, some lower lower card kind of like commentator interview person or uh, Michael Cole or uh, Coachman or whatever uh, talking about the card uh, in front in a WWE studio and whatnot and 
being like that. That's essentially what these kickoff shows for NXT are like. They basically have the analyst pro, uh, they have the analyst panel, and they're talking about the matches. Nothing more. Yeah, that's and, what it should be a thirty a thirty minute hype package for your pay per view, yeah. not an hour long hype package with a match or two thrown in. Um, yeah, I'm like I enjoyed it. Like there was no ridiculous stupid promo that you would have missed. Um, it was literally just talk about this match, thoughts, talk about this match, thoughts, talk about this match, thoughts, like all the big points. And it's just like, cool. The, you know, like not so much bothered about that crappy analysis panel with Booker T who's just mental, but um, it does the job. 30 minutes is way more for an attention span for something that's meant to be engaging for a big package. And I think, you know, after watching that, that's that's what I want. I don't need an hour or in like the big four case, two hour kickoff shows. So yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, the kickoff, it was uh, like much more of a bite-sized digestible thing. And uh, we move on to the first match, which was Lars Sullivan and Cassius Ono. From what I establish, um, Ono is like a, a brawler type guy, but Lars Sullivan is just winning matches really quickly and like in a dominating fashion. And they, this was like a rematch of the two, or something. Yeah, well, it, it's like a, the the feud between this two was kind of like boiling um, over a series of uh, taped NXT shows. Right. Uh, and Lars Sutherland has been like this dominant force, like most big heel kind of like uh, characters tend to be like uh, when they're you know introduced, like before taking on K uh, the original KO. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, he uh, took out uh, No Way Jose, who is another popular character in the NXT brand. Although, granted, he hasn't been around for a while, so question on that: what what his status is right. is uh, up in the air. Um, uh, he's been taking out like jobbers and stuff like that. He's uh, he has been. He's been like uh, the Rusev of the you know. He's been like Rusev. He's been like. Um, I'm thinking of uh, Braun Strowman. I mean, it's like those kind of like archetypes of this dominant, brutal force that cannot stay down. Um, you know. Okay. So, but, as someone who watches NXT, I would say, as much as they watch the rest of the WWE shows, how strong, like, and explain it to me who's not watched an NXT show before, how strong have they booked this Lars Sullivan guy in comparison to, say, how the booking for Braun has been? Um, om almost the same because uh, when Braun was kind of like going on his own, he was just squashing jobbers left and right. Right. Um, and it's pretty much the same case with uh, Lars. Um, so the only real difference in the cases is that they put Braun against someone who gets booed, so Braun got over, and there's no one to that kind of caliber on NXT because the NXT crowd is a lot smaller, and you know they're who they want to cheer for is very much um concentrated yeah okay it's like uh with with lars he is the heel in this uh thing whilst you know with braun right now he's going up against people that are not liked by the audience so right. he's getting some heat uh, you know he's becoming more of a face or a tweener but uh no lars is proper full-on heel uh for on on this brand he's not uh, supposed to be like he's this monster. He's this monster who is destroying your favorites, a la 
uh, Cassius Ono, who is a fan favorite uh, with many of the NXT and indie kind of like scene people like. Right. So. Uh, for the benefit of you guys, um, Discord, my camera's flicking like crazy. All and right. I know for a fact that's going, to be, uh, that's going to annoy you guys who are watching this. Um, so I've sort of, sort of turned it off of the Discord and I've just put the webcam over roughly where... Oh, right. And so normally, you, you, yeah, okay. so uh, so you guys can't see me, but it's still recording. But the actual webcam now and confusing because Discord. You guess you can't see me. You can't see me because yeah. Discord go, doesn't like my camera for some reason. Go like, get yourself I, I, a bowl of fruity pebbles then, and just uh, <clears throat> indulge in that. I, just, I, I, just, I am wearing just, multiple colored T-shirts. <laughs> I just I just hope there's just like if you couldn't get it, get it to work on the main video, there's just a picture of like your LMC logo or Kevin and it's just like a uh, like a dummy hand that's just going like this across the <laughs> screen very slowly well I as of the last episode I uh, is recording the discord it also recalls the, the the deafen symbol in the corner the little headphones so I put oh so that's why you put the, that's uh, why that's why the packs were over the uh, the pack yeah. Pete and the pack turbo were actually skillfully covering those but yes, that's why that's why those things were happening. But, uh, so yes, these um, guys can't see me anymore, so they can't see what I'm doing at the minute, for instance. Yeah. <laughs> Where it um, it's fine. We'll have to watch the show to find out. Yeah. Kevin, are you a man that watches NXT? I am sort of between both of you guys in that I watch NXT occasionally. Um, I take in the odd pay-per-view, the odd takeover event when those, uh, when I have the opportunity to do so. So I'm more aware than uh, you are, Pete, <coughs> as, as to what's going on and who the various characters are. Right. At the same time, I'm not at Turbo's level of understanding where the various characters are and where they're coming from. So I'm sort of in, in both camps. So basically we have Pete here, Kevin here, me up here. Okay. Yeah, basically, but so what we get, what we're saying is that that, that Turbo is currently a uh, Universal Champion. Uh, I, I, I am I am roughly around the US title, and and Pete is um, well, uh, Pete's, European. Uh, no, Pete's Pete's currently. Either? No, Pete's, Pete's, Pete's currently um, a jobber fodder for the X Division title over at TNA Impact. Um, that's that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. But on the plus, yeah, he gets but, to work with AJ Styles. I, got, so, I don't watch TNA either. That's that's okay. No, quite a lot of people who did watch it now can't because there's a, a thing going on with uh, anyway. the uh, Discovery or yeah. Anyway. Um, what were your initial uh did i i'm not sure if i interrupted you john but what were your initial thoughts like is it a good storyline good match um it was definitely an okay match uh it was definitely i mean i've got a couple of notes here uh it was very hard hitting as it would be because uh, cassius ono is built as the knockout artist and whatnot because he was originally the first ko uh that was brought into nxt to um you know be that you know that KO character and whatnot before Kevin Owens came on board and he became, right. you know, that kind of like uh, persona as such. But of course, K K Kevin Owens' KO is the heel version, whilst Cash's uh, Ono uh, KO is more of the good guy, you know, babyface and whatnot. Um, 
but no, it was very hard hitting from both sides. Obviously, Lars showing that he will not go down uh, so easily with the multiple kind of like forearm strikes that Ono was just wailing um, in at times. Um, like, man, there was tons of tons of shots. Um, I think like, you know, I think I counted like about like five or six really good kind of like elbow shots from um, Ono um, that really like laid into, you know, Lars. Um, but uh, no, there was a couple of good spots from Lars Sullivan as well, like a pop-up power slam that he performed yeah. mm. was brilliantly executed. Um, you know, and he's really good at those kind of like pop-up, uh, pop-up kind of like maneuvers. He really knows how to kind of like, um, you know, really pull them off qu- uh, quite well with uh, his opponents. And of course, that leads to his finisher, uh, which I think they call it the 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 freak accident. I think they call it. Yeah. Uh, yes. Which is another which is another kind of like pop-up move uh, that is just really impressive. You know, I don't think. Uh, there's really been that many. I mean, you you have Braun Strowman who does a pop up. Uh, no, he does a power slam, power slam but yeah. it's like yeah, it's like a regular power slam. He just you know. But Lars, he actually shows his strength and doing a, a, a you know a full on pop up kind of like move and landing with like you know um, one arm force and whatnot. So um, yeah, it, it's he Lars is definitely showing some decent ability right he's still a little green he's still you know a little you know he's not um like uh, uh like like most big guys in in you know in wwe they're they're just not that you know there yeah and right. it's like they're 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 big and strong, but of course they don't they have very limited kind of like uh, ability. But with Lars, he does have the capability of being possibly like a Cesaro, where Cesaro is a big guy and he can do some of these cool maneuvers and whatnot. Um, and he's also got a, he's got freakish strength. But Lars, obviously, he's got the build. Like he's like probably he's someone that Vince McMahon would love to have right now <laughs> it's like I'll just say that much um, but yeah that's essentially what it is like so uh, but of course yeah um, it's it was an it was an interesting match so I, I was sort of I was kind of into it kind of not um, the, the thing that put me off was that it was it very much seemed to be that it's like Sullivan's gimmick was okay. Okay, just doesn't sell. Does it? I was because he said, "Yeah, he won't put me down." But it's the same as like, yeah, he's just not selling. That's the that's the entire thing. Just not sell at all. Really? And as a result of that, I was like, sort of like, oh, yeah, okay, I can see what you're doing here. I can see what you're doing here. Uh, please stop doing it. No, you're still doing it. Oh God, please stop doing it. Um, they need to, they don't, right, so first thing on the big, actually before we even get into this can I mean speaking of Vince how 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 much teeth grinding must there have been for the opening promo because you had to have WCW footage in it 
<laughs> there is no way out of having WCW footage in this, and somebody had to sign off on that. Um, uh, well, they were taking their concept. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's one of the benefits of owning the competition. <laughs> of owning everything yeah. in the world, uh, more or less. So, uh, that I, I honestly think I need to change Sullivan's look because my the first note I've actually written, this is about the match, is Sullivan looks like the long-lost Third Ascension member. And See, I, I got more of a, a Vladimir Putov feel from him but, when I first saw him. Um, a Kozlov. Did, by the yeah, Kozlov. Kozlov uh, yeah, sorry. I also got that, actually. It's like a, it's like a halfway house between the two of them. Um, it was it was very hard-hitting, very hard-hitting match indeed. Um, but it, it, and the, and the, I, I could see the story they were trying to tell, and that and the, the Ono was really sort of flummoxed almost by you know what exactly was he supposed to do to keep this guy down. But at the same time, it was just, he just go he just it wasn't like he was doing like the Undertaker sit up, except he was just going ah you can't get me you can't get me I. At one point, at one point, I swear to goodness, at one point, he, uh, when Ono kept carrying on, he just went, "How dare you!" <laughs> and it just cracked me up. It's like, "How dare you!" Um, usual great stuff from Ono as usual. I, I'm always astounded when he hits that kip up um, for, su- for such a big guy uh, with the spin round the ropes, I spin over the top rope onto the apron, which he did. Uh, there was a diving headbutt from what well, it was called as a diving headbutt. I'm not sure if it was supposed to be a splash, but it was called as a diving headbutt. If it is a diving headbutt, please don't do that. Um, uh, yes, we, mm-hmm. we, we stay away from that move now, and I think it's not one that's... It's, not, it's one of these ones that, yeah, I think wrestling can get yeah, away with. No matter with, how, no matter get how away thick your head is, don't that. do it. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Um, and especially, especially at you know, his age, he's young in his career. Somebody should be telling him no on that one if it is. Um, there was a lovely moment in between all those ahs. Um, uh, I, I have a, like a little personal list of most satisfying times that somebody's been punched in wrestling. Uh, this potentially made the list because lot Sullivan was just going ah, and there was this. And he just, just happened to open his mouth. So, and at that moment, Ono just socks him right in the teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, just, it was just far too satisfying on that. Um, also, there was a moment where he actually finally gets Sullivan down. He just starts stomping on him. And then he's like, hey, this works. <laughs> so he just started stomping on his head more and more. And more and more. And... Hey, he's not getting up. Stop, 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 stop. I, yeah, it, there, was, there was some really nice bits. Um, also, oh no, actually had to do a, a slight adjustment on the finisher. Uh, I don't know if anybody saw that. It wasn't on the fir- it was not on the first pickup because he did, he did sort of, because uh, Southern picks him up initially and holds him and then sort of, sort of part sets him down and then, then um, hits the free, was it the, Freak accident, did you say it was called? Freak accident, yeah. Yeah, the freak accident. Um, on the way up, it was uh, Ono was actually overbalancing because obviously he's a, he's a big guy. 
Uh, and there was all the danger of him actually basically going straight over and head, and head first down. And uh, as he sort of hits horizontal, he actually changes his uh, body position on the fly, pretty much in midair, um, and prevents himself from getting dumped on his own head. So mm. that was good. It was... It, it did what it needed to do, and I can see what they're going with, and it's going to be another one of these, these unstoppable characters. And... One day the guy will probably retire Brock. Frankly. Uh, he, he'll be that guy who comes through and he'll be the guy who replaces the other monster. But it was it, it was a solid opener. Mm. But at the same time, it was like, okay, well... I'm just going to say that probably because I'm jumping into this with no investment in the storyline or the characters, This I didn't think this was a very good opener for someone that's unused to NXT um, it felt like a piss break match at the beginning of the opening curtain um, is what it felt to me again you know, this is coming from someone with no investment in characters and didn't know the storyline even though the commentary team fucking hammered it into you all throughout the, the odd 8 to 10 minutes of what this match was if, if it was even that John you got a time for me how long was that uh, first match? Actually, I didn't take the time this time around. I kind of stopped doing that. I think it was about. It was about ten I, minutes. I, I think it was. Yeah, it was, I think it was under the ten minute mark at least. Yeah. I think. I think what they should have done with uh, this last character, instead of trying to make him be, well, well, having the unstoppable beast was probably. A, a good thing to do for a character it seems to be popular I think they're trying to build off the basis of having Braun Strowman being as popular as he is and mm -hmm. trying to make another one of that they probably should have done a little twist on it and do what they did uh, with I can't remember how long ago it was It was I think it was like 2004, 2005 where it was just like how quickly can this guy beat someone mm. yeah it, it feels like a, it feels like a backup beast yeah doesn't it it's... Mm. eventually like I, I don't think Lars will hit the main like I, I can't say main roster because I still think um, I, don't, I was going to say he will be, be years off he's years yeah, off I, he, he's still got a lot of time in NXT to kind of like work on uh, his performance he'll, he'll, and whatnot. he'll be the kind of guy that will just waltz onto a stage when Braun Strowman is at a, a decent title rate like probably his Probably his second or third title reign, you know, where he'll actually be comfortable, um, and he'll be like, "No one can beat me." Like he'll have a lengthy reign, and he'll be like, "No one can beat me." And then this guy will turn up, and he'll just beat him in like some sort of non-title match just to make an impact on the roster. That's what that's what I can see that'll happen with that. I think you guys are pretty much spot on. Um, any last minute word, John, before we move on? No, no, let's move on to the next... Well, uh, before we do that, uh, you did talk about commentary. I totally forgot about things. Like, can I just say that NXT has a really good commentary team? It does. It's all right. Yeah, it's pretty decent. Um, Mauro filling the, the microphone with a mouthful of uh, moves and words that I barely hear is uh, something I haven't heard for a while. But um, it's it's refreshing. I'll say that. Um, that's what. That's that, why that, he was so. That's he was when he was on SmackDown. He made SmackDown 
must-see TV at, t- uh, at times, and of oh, course, absolutely. for his pay-per-view uh, kind of like appearances as well, was even uh, just as good. Um, so having them the here at NXT... Can... The problem with the SmackDown commentary team was not Mauro, though. It never was Mauro. Oh, it, it was... never was. And it, it it's because the commentary team... And the, oh, we're just gonna. It feels like we're starting to bash the commentary teams every week now. Um, it's well deserved. If, if but, they were, if they were good, we wouldn't have to. Well, yes. <laughs> I, I think I think the best way to talk about it after watching this is that the NXT commentary team feels enthused about what they're talking about. Yeah, the because you've had, you have. Yeah, because you got uh, particularly Mauro Naro as this obviously, you know, fan of the product and so much experience in so many other kind of like sports and sporting events beforehand and has a way of you know kind of like being energetic when commentating on matches and whatnot not this forced fake kind of like uh, excitability that has been injected into commentary in the last decade Mm. um uh, nigel mcginnis uh, a veteran, kind of you know, veteran wrestler of the UK scene and uh, Ring of Honor's uh, color commentator. I think it was, he was color commentator for Ring of Honor. Uh, with again, good knowledge. He he is pretty much uh, like Corey Graves. Essentially, yeah. he has great knowledge and uh, great uh, comebacks for you know supporting the different kind of like uh, heels and you know heels and faces, and especially the heels. Uh, and then you have what's his face <laughs> it's like, Percy Watson. he's the third wheel Percy Watson yes thank you Kevin uh, again he acts like the third wheel that n- doesn't need to be there yeah, but he doesn't like, act like a, he doesn't act like a comedic third wheel yeah he doesn't act like Byron Saxon and he doesn't act like Booker T to a certain degree depending on who's on the, who's you know performing in the ring like uh you know, if he if he sees the street profits being in the ring, then uh, yeah. But uh, you know, hope, you know, support no, and all that. Uh, but um, but <laughs> bottom line, we could definitely agree that NXT's commentary team thus far is really good and really helps with building these kind of like matches and making them matter. They're so, not. Yeah. They're not yelling over each other. They're not in competition with each other. They are all working together to tell the story that is in the ring and the story outside of the ring that got them in the ring. And that each have that each has their own capabilities in terms of in terms of calling the moves and recognizing the moves and and highlighting the elements of the story. You we were talk you you're talking about uh, Nigel. Yeah. Uh, a good example is actually the uh, ladies' four-way for the championship, which we'll get to. Which we'll get to, but I'll, I'll mention it now. And what I love about McGuinness on commentary is that he asks the questions that you, as the viewer, would ask, and points out. He actually points out the fallacies of things. So there's like there was a couple of moments in that match specifically just because i know i'm getting ahead of myself but it's 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 relevant where people were doing things in the ring and he says yeah that's great except well surely she's left herself open to this and then funnily enough that happens you know but it's the sort it's the things that you would say 
and and do yeah. and 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 point out. Um, so what what you're saying is is essentially watching the the program on the cameras in front of him yeah. and calling it as a viewer yeah. would. He, he's actually pointing out the the mistakes in the judgment calls from the wrestlers, not not the mistakes that oh this is a botch, the logical mistakes. <laughs> As a competitor, it's like, no, why have you gone for this person? You you hit them. You actually hit the move on the other person. They're not going to stay. They're not going to stay down. Go for the other one. Oh, damn it. You've messed it up. Uh, it's it was it's just really good. And there's, there's a lot of history there as, as well um, in terms of uh, what he provides. So it's, it's all different. It's different eras, different styles altogether. And it, mesh, it meshes and merges really well. Yeah. Uh, that brings us on to A-Lister a, a list a, a Black or Alistair Black? Alistair Black. Alistair Black versus the Velveteen Dream. Um, mm. Now, going into this, I saw that there'd been a lot of Twitter uh, hype around this match, and I obviously knew who Alistair Black was because he's been on SmackDown. So I knew of him going into this match. Mm. Uh, the promo package for this was pretty good. Uh, explained the story going into it very, very well. Um, I thought the match was very, very good. Um, yeah, I, I think I think the only thing that's been off-putting, unfortunately, other than the first match, which was unfortunately very quick and very uh, over very fast and no investment, but this one, with no investment other than knowing one character, the story felt good you know like someone's trying to face somebody else to get recognition that feels like a very good story to tell in today's hmm. uh environment um I, I was investing in that off off the back of the promo package watched the match and it was a very good match and everything else uh especially the post-match promo as it was mm. it's very very good john well it's good that you were able to see that because uh that is what I would thought would happen when you saw this match because this is probably, if not second to the main event, the match of the night in terms of storytelling, uh, ring, you know, ring psychology, and uh, you know, overall performance. It was a really good, well-told match through and through with mind games aplenty. And many kind of like uh, twists and turns between the two characters, and you know how they're kind of like you know going at each other and whatnot. Uh, for one one to silence this, you know, uh, flamboyant uh, kind of like you know character, and the other one trying to find recognition uh, from this so, uh, you know this uh, um, silent you know kind of like uh, you know. Uh, enigma essentially yeah um but yeah uh, going into the match itself uh, there was so much uh, going on. it's like obviously when it, <laughs> when velveteen dream came out and he came, had had the airbrushed tights with uh, alistair black on one leg and himself on another uh you know instant thing popped to my head rick rude he is a modern day rick rude right there um with uh, yeah, the same kind I'll of like attitude that. and whatnot, and that was perfect. Of, uh, it definitely got a lot of pop from the crowd, and it got it got a small pop from me because I I've been looking back at a couple of odd old, old kind of like WWF kind of like uh, uh, matches, and Rick Rude 
was definitely Why one. Why did videos of the zoo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, or WWFE <laughs> or whatever. Um, <laughs> but um, no, um, going in, obviously, Alistair Black was obviously being the controlling kind of like character. He was in control for majority of the match, uh, match with very nasty kind of like uh, armbars. Now, prior to this match, Alistair Black was having some problems uh, with his matches. He wasn't uh, he was having so many problems in his matches against certain people, whether it be um, Hideo Tommy or Cien uh, Almas. Um, he had those problems with those with those guys. He had like certain issues while going through the match, whether it be you know small botches here and there or like a big notable one here and there. But uh, in this match with Velveteen Dream, this is his best worked match since starting his NXT career. Uh, right. And it definitely proved that it was the right time at the right event right there that the the stars aligned for Aleister Black and uh, you know it worked out wonders for him. So in my personal opinion. I mean I mean is it, is it due to uh how much of a, a newbie uh, Velveteen is uh, in comparison uh, no or... well it's like uh, with Velveteen Dream um, <coughs> um, a little backstory with Velveteen Dream he's actually a former NXT uh, not NXT uh, tough enough con contestant from la oh, right. from the last one that came uh, back he was uh, Patrick Clark uh, yeah Patrick Clark and um, uh, he had some little bit of indie experience before going into uh, Tough Enough, and he, uh, after that Tough Enough, uh, after his elimination from the competition, he obviously went back to you know the indies, keep going as he would. Uh, but no, NXT, uh, you know WWE saw potential in him and brought him into NXT, and he's probably the most. Uh, he has been. Uh, one one of the more successful stories of the Tough Enough program uh, so far because he did have some charisma, he did have some talent, right. and now he has this character. He has this, uh, you know, character that yeah, it, it's the same as other kind of like uh, characters before him, but it's in this modern era that it's working for him. It works for him, and it definitely showed with him. In this storyline with Alistair Black, um, there wasn't really much. There hasn't been much of um, Velveteen Dream, aka Patrick uh, Patrick Clark, uh, on TV in matches to showcase his ability. But this was the match that did, and uh, kind of evident uh, with uh, some of the things. Like I said, mind games aplenty was in this match. Mm -hmm. Like. The different spots between Alistair Black and Velveteen Dream, both copying their own kind of like uh, poses with the sit downs and the the forwards kind of like uh, you know like uh, planking I'll, I'll say or something I don't know. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, the crowd obviously get, getting behind it. They want you know they want to you know Velveteen you know 
Alistair Black to say his name because they've been they're enjoying this character they they love this angle and whatnot uh, oh, uh, and basically one of my um, one of my jokes uh, for this was Velveteen, Do- Velveteen Dream has become uh, Jaggy from Fist of the North Star lol uh, <laughs> so, so I totally love that. Um, uh, great, great spots from uh, uh, Alistair Black. Springboard moonsault for a two count, which was really good. Uh, a, a Velveteen Dream does a Death Valley, Death Valley Driver. Wow, uh, I didn't really think that Death Valley, Valley Drivers were actually all right to do, but. <laughs> This isn't the first time those will be used uh, in this show. Um, what is it? Uh, uh, Vel- also, Velveteen Dream did a, a beautiful swing DDT um, for a two count. That was really good. Um, also, uh, Velveteen Dream has, uh, I think it's an elbow drop called the Purple Rainmaker. I think. Yes. Uh, yeah. And that's really good. You know, that's 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 really good because it's all part of his character and whatnot. Um uh, Alistair Black <laughs> oh excuse me. Uh Alistair Black, um great with his strikes, with his roundhouse kicks and uh, of course being able to finish off the match with Black Mass, uh, the Black Mass kick. Um uh, and then, like you said, Pete, that promo at the end where everybody wins. Alistair Black gets the pinfall win, but he also acknowledges Velveteen Dream in the crowd. Just eat that up. It was absolutely amazing. So, yeah, um, definitely a match anyone should go watch for a great storytelling match, a great a great beginning, middle, and end, especially from, from promo to end promo it's a really good match Kev? Uh, match of the night for me I'd agree with that abs, abs, I, I, it was the match I was most looking forward to because I had heard so much about both characters and I thought they'd be very good together and I'm very pleased to say they certainly were 10 years age in difference between the two of them um as to Black's actually our age, he's, he's uh, 32. Velveteen Dream's only 22. Man, lots, lots of up for upside for this kid in the future. Um, only his third year in the business as well. Yes. They, mentioned in, they mentioned a couple of times. Lots, go- times. lots going on. Um, the way that that match turned out in terms of and the potential rivalry that these two could do, um, these two could make each other, you know? I, I honestly think if they had a long enough program uh, that, that got behind it and they had got going, they could take this out of NXT, they could take it up to the main roster and they could just keep this thing going. Uh, it, it was very good indeed. Um, so if anyone has not seen Velveteen Dream, okay, uh, yeah, before. So, so the best way I can describe Velveteen Dream is that he is Rick Rude and Jay Lethal's son, who's been raised by Gold Dust. It is, it, he's quite the character. Um, he could end up being the next Rock, honestly. Is uh, is that kind of guy if he gets? His, I, gets are his you saying he's like charismatic? Yeah, 
Yeah. I think he still needs to find out how to oh, work yeah. the crowd properly. Oh, yeah. First, I've, I've, if, if, he, if he clicks that, ooh, boy, monies. Um, I love Alistair Black's intro, the, the, the rise from the grave thing that, that he does, the rise from shadows up like, like, a, like a dead person. Um, that was really cool. Uh, actually, the one thing that I, I noticed first off, actually, was that it was the, the first match that really emphasised that it was actually lit really badly the arena thanks to the cage uh if if you look at it it, it looked kind of dark and kind of dismal I mean, it's it's part of my disagreement with the whole pay-per-view is that this the 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 non-main event match has been mildly ruined because the camera mm. angles have been done in by the double ring i would have been rather interested to see them pull off a lot of moves like in these matches that would uh, use the double ring, but I think they got restricted yeah. due to not what not having to do that because of absolutely a Matt, metal bar in the middle and b ruin the main event. So it's a shame, but I think it would have been a bit more dynamic over the like over the course for all the matches to be able to do that, yeah. especially the women's match, for example. Yeah, yeah. but it, 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 did, it did sort of like hit home with, with that match actually just how compromised the lighting setup was in in general as a result but uh like lots going on main focus from alistair being on the arms and um we had a number of super deep arm drags that were really beautiful things to watch it looked like he was literally trying to rip his arms out of their sockets um which is always nice to see when it's like okay there's determination there and then there's force Going on, uh, Nigel McGuinness with a Jolly Saint shout-out for some goddamn reason. <laughs> World of sport, baby! Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was, it was lots of really nice psychology on, on, on that, um, which all led into this very nice, uh, like, octopus-style crucifix submission uh, that looked pretty sick. Um, we had, as I was saying, the bit the standoff slash sit off with the yeah. uh, with, with the mannerisms and, and things like that. What was great on that actually was not so much the you know the fact that it was the mirroring, the facial expressions and yes. Velvet Velveteen Dream when he was face to face with as to do as to doing Velveteen's own sort of quite provocative sort of in your face move it was like he, he the shock on his face was was amazing. Uh, the crowd really, really into it as a result. Um, uh, we did have a rude awakening, which was which was called as a rude awakening, which I was I was very pleased very pleased to see. Um, uh, then we had a, a weird part with uh, a oh I don't know like a re like a reverse chin lock, and he was holding it was cold under his mouth and covering his mouth at the same time. Philpson Drew was going say my name, and it's like he couldn't if he wanted to. <laughs> You're yeah, preventing him from I speaking. Was like, I was like, <laughs> it's like the same as an I Quit match when they've got like yeah. the thing in the mouth, and I'm like. Yeah. Say I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing you could have done. Um, the uh, the leg sweep Alistair Black does. Nobody does leg sweeps, and it's it was it's a really nice move that people should use in wrestling a bit more. And it was it looked really effective because um, we just we just don't see it. The Defoe driver or Defoe driver with a cartwheel looks awesome. Yeah. 
uh, looks awesome. Uh, uh, the fact that Velveteen Dream was like looks looks like he half kills himself doing it, and he doesn't in the slightest. But it looks like it takes so much out of him to do it that it, that it must be the end of the, the match. Uh, there was a there was a, a little which could have been quite nasty actually moment where uh, after the first Death Valley driver with cartwheel uh, failed, then they uh, Velveteen Dream took Alistair Black up into the corner, and with the, the tease of doing uh, like a super Death Valley driver with mm. I don't know double cartwheel, treble cartwheel. Um, Full-on gymnastics display. Uh, It could have been any of them. Uh, But as the black sort of slipped out, and in his sort of slipping out from underneath, he almost he got his leg caught up on the top rope, um, and almost did himself a mischief. And he had to sort of correct himself. Uh, I have no idea what kind of DDT Velveteen Dream used on Alistair Black. Was that you... the the uh, the wrap around? Yeah. What? Yeah. What it looks, there? It looks. <laughs> it looks interesting. It looks like it's some sort of suplex DDT. It. I, I was looking at it afterwards, and I I was I'm just trying to figure out what actually happened here. What 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 process of moves ends up with with this situation? It's like well he's he's it's, down, but I'm just... it's, it's like a it's, it's it's similar between somewhere between a, a hip toss and a suplex because he's grabbing him, he's like putting all the pressure with like the top on his top body mm. to move his arms, but then a lot of it seems to be carrying it, him over. It and seems then to be a him down. it seems to be a half dozen moves that ends up in a DDT or or smooshed together, but I I, I was. I just couldn't fathom how it happened. It was like I could see the start of it and the finish of it, and it's like something happened in the middle. Does that um, have a name? Like, do they do they call no, it? No, they didn't call it anything. They, they, even even the even the commentary team went, "What was that?" The Velveteen Nightmare. <laughs> the Velveteen Scream. Get, 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 give this guy a, a job of calling calling his spots right now. He's like. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be the next Mauro Romero. That was uh, <laughs> a Velveteen Nightmare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're working on post. There was that, uh, and again we had another in, another instance of with uh, of great uh, comedic timing with uh, the end coming with Velveteen Dream half screaming his name Velveteen Trip and then he was he was just murdered yeah, <laughs> so yeah black mask he was just murdered by the black mask Um, one other note uh, Velveteen Dream needs to practice this is this sounds bad uh, Velveteen Dream needs to practice tying himself up uh, yeah the, the into the rope spot was you know um, I mean Andre was a master at it but that was like an oh I've I've sort of done it I'm not quite sure am I ref um, yeah it was it was a bit of a mess um, speaking of the ref speaking of the ref oh um the most orange man in the world dude <laughs> dude seriously I know you're a legitimate former wrestler hardcore you body scarred to fuck um you do not need this much spray tan 
you look like an advert for Ronsil. Please stop doing <laughs> whatever it is you're spraying on yourself. You looked bloody ill. Okay. <laughs> and it is for the entirety of the pay-per-view. Mr. Wirtz, stop. Use a tanning bed if you're going to do it. Seriously. Seriously. Trump-esque in, your, in his orangeness. I'm but yeah, superb match. It was very good. I didn't like the ending. Um, if, like, compared to how the rest of the match felt, the ending felt a bit drab. Like, you saw it, you, you very clearly, plainly saw it coming. Like, it, it felt like it, it, it almost marred the rest of the match for me. Like, oh, oh, he, he got accidentally tied up. That didn't help it any wonders, but then, you know, for the ref to go, you stay there. He gets kicked in the head. Oh, I told you to stay there. <laughs> and then he just pins him. I'm like, kind of ruined it. Um, I think it had going into it a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, we know who's going to win this match kind of thing. Like, mm. it was always going to be the guy with like 13 years experience over like the three year newbie type thing. Yeah, he's still got a, little, a bit of way to go in terms of that. And he, he kind his his victory was out of losing in terms with the story. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd say that. But bringing on to another match, which was um, forecast very clearly for what winner it was going to be, mm. let's move on to the women's championship match. Before we do, we had a nice cut to the crowd of. WWE superstars who were watching in attendance. Now yes. uh, we had we had Oscar, and we had your good friend Finn Balor Turbo. Yes, and in and the middle, number one amount in the middle, Cardigan number one. <laughs> <laughs> just just seeing just seeing Funaki with his nice grey cardi on. <laughs> oh. Probably it's the style. I know. He, he likes his style. Maybe he's, he's... He maybe cold, bless him. But it was just so funny. Just Oscar and just got this beautiful dress and Finn looking like a thing, and then just like old man Funaki in the middle, <laughs> wondering. He's wandered in from next door, wondering why all these young people are making this noise. <laughs> it was just really, just really funny. But yes, this one telegraphed from mile off, but. Whatever. So I, I knew I knew going into this the the vacancy that it was a vacated championship obviously due to Asuka after the last uh, takeover. What I don't understand is because they were clearly obviously Ember was going to get it if Asuka was still there. Like that's what I understood. Like they'd had so many matches, Ember had kept pushing, and Ember each time was getting closer. So Ember would obviously have taken off the next one, beaten Asuka, and then Asuka would have gone into. Raw slash SmackDown whenever, you know, not undefeated because now they've got a they pigeonholed themselves into an issue on the main roster. So with that being said, why in the bloody fuck didn't they just give Ember Moon not give her the title but give her a match and like do like this fatal four way on an episode of NXT and or and then have the multi man match as the defense where she could have retained it and I think it would have been much better storytelling. Being like, okay, Ember Moon can't beat Asuka, but Ember Moon, you know, has still beaten somebody else for the championship, holds it, but now she has all these challenges saying, you know, like, 
everybody should have their chance and my PC's going mental over there um, so I'm not sure if you can hear that it's just decided to wear itself into a frenzy um, I, I think going into it it should have been a defence rather than an open championship that's my biggest gripe with this match yeah. I think the storytelling could have been a bit better even though it was like hastily tried to put together in the wake of Asuka leaving slash injury slash everything else but that's just me and they obviously have a different way of telling stories where it's um, uh, all pre-recorded correct mm. it's just it's just an opinion um, yeah I, I think I can understand why they've done it like that especially as they've kind of in that they're using that they've used that situation to try and establish the, the like the four names within uh, the roster that's still staying, especially as we've lost five of them, five mm. of NXT's women to the main roster. So I can understand why they've chosen to do that, but I do see your point with that in, entirely. I just think it would have been it, you could have still have essentially had the same storytelling, um, like the first episode back off on NXT you have a match with Ember Moon versus anyone for the title. Like, whoever would have been next on the chain. Ember Moon easily wins, captures the belt, and then you have the other three women that are in the match go for the contention of the title, saying, like, you know, you, you claim you're women's champion, you've only beaten this person, you need to beat up me. They all stake a claim. They all get to the point of... You know, they Then each episode of NXT, you still do the thing where all the women fight against each other you know, while Ember's there saying, well, you know, Ember does the whole sit in the ringside and goes like, well, this woman, yeah, she's got this thing. It'd be interesting to face her, you know, and then all of a sudden you have everything that leads to a fatal four way. And then, okay, I'd be more interested in the match rather than like everybody has a stake. And I don't know who everybody is because the storytelling is different when everybody's gunning for one person rather than when everybody's trying to fight Mm. for an open belt. The, the story changes so again, I know all, I know who Ember Moon is. The rest, well, no. So I know who Nikki Cross is because she's been on some of the British wrestling stuff uh, before going to NXT. So I knew of her. Otherwise, like the other two, I, I um, again, it was a, it was an all right match. Some decent spots for me, but. Um, I felt it was very marred in the story and how they tried to tell it. But otherwise, yeah, it was okay. I enjoyed it. Big old shrug of the shoulders for me on this one. Oh, well. You can't win them all. (laughs) (laughs) Personally, I I, I didn't matter the whole... um, the whole debacle. Well, granted, I mean, yeah, I had a little niggle of... Yeah, it's like uh, Ember Moon should have won it the last time and whatnot, and to make Asuka, you know, re- you know, retire out of NXT, you know, defeated and whatnot, and then she goes uh, and then they wouldn't do it. But they have a plan for Asuka, and you know, they're gonna go with it. So, you know, salt the law. Um, but no, for the match for the fail four way itself, I was just I'm focusing on just the fail four way as a match right now and during this progress uh, or during this program and I actually thought this was actually really good I mean 
we've had prior f uh, Fatal Four Ways with the uh, the women's division in NXT before, and I think this is maybe the best one that they've had. I think uh, they've had another one with um, oh sugar. Uh, I can't remember. I think it was Charlotte, Sasha Banks, uh, Becky Lynch, and I think Bailey. Well, they had the I four think it was horsewomen the, in a match. Yeah, I think. Know. Yeah, I think they had the four horsewomen in a match at a takeover special event that was, you know, on uh, at uh, 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 full sale, and. That that was a really good match, but this was almost to that, in my opinion, this was almost to that uh, caliber, almost. Um, but a, a couple of things before, uh, well, one thing I want to do before the match actually starts. Um, I don't know if this is counts as a botch or if this is part of Nikki Cross's uh, entrance, but the cameraman falling over when Nikki Cross is on the apron. Doing her pose and whatnot, and I, all I see is the camera go whoa, whoa, backwards. You know, I don't know if that was planned, but if not, that's got that has to make it a botchamania, because <laughs> that's the same that's the same kind of like caliber uh, of uh, camera work uh, as seen in uh, uh, what was that WCW uh, uh, pay per view? Uh, it was a match between Kevin Sutherland and uh, Mr. T. And the cat, the the cameraman's obviously, you know, going back, and he trips up uh, on uh, on the ring steps, which was at the time uh, in the middle of, uh, on the apron in the middle of the ring, rather than on the corners and whatnot. And he trips up, and he's like still, the camera's still in, you know, being in view, and it's still in action and whatnot. So <laughs> I can't remember which paper. I think it was. Starcade '94, I think it was, because I saw the review for it mm. uh, on an uh, OSW review. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, oh, it was hilarious. While um, you're talking about Nikki Cross's entrance, I had this mental thought of like the two middle ropes not being there, and as she's just running between each one, just to really crowd. Just, just without the middle ones, they're just running all the way across two rings worth, <laughs> just like a. Rah! Oh, <laughs> that was just a mind image I just had there. I was amused by it. Yeah, it would have been fun. Um, <laughs> but yeah, going into the match itself, um, uh, really good spots from you know a lot of the women there. Um, Ember Moon doing a good uh, uh, good head scissors move on onto uh, Peyton Royce. Um, Peyton Royce. Uh, I mean, granted, I'm not big on Peyton Royce. I always, uh, I don't really see the appeal in her. Um, Though apparently she's a really good wrestler, I'm not seeing it that well. But uh, at times she was pulling off quite well, and the with her not having her backup of uh, uh, her friend, her I forgot her name. Um, Sugar. Why wasn't she at ringside? Yeah, it 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 didn't make any sense because it was no DQ. Yeah. Her friend could have easily come back in into the match and messed messed with it. But I guess it was like a a case of like, you know, morals. I suppose. No, it, it there was there was probably something we missed where Regal said something. Maybe. I'm guessing. Who knows? But yeah. Um. 
But uh, moving on to a couple of uh, other spots. Um, what was it? Ember Moon hitting uh, uh, Kyrie Sane and uh, Peyton Royce uh, with a suicide dive to the outside. Uh, then Ember Moon does a br- oof, a, a vicious power bomb to Nikki Cross oh, on the outside. God. I I I thought Nikki Cross was out of it, like legitimately out of it. But no, she was only that was only the move to take her out of the match mm. for the for the majority of the match. Which that was uh, a that was a big old funk, and ev- everybody in that arena went oh. Oh yeah, Def- definitely. Um, Peyton Royce does uh, a, a rope-assisted submission to uh, Kyrie Sane, which was almost kind of like Tajiri-like. Almost, uh, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not Tarantula uh, <laughs> levels of uh, submission, but uh, yeah. um, a great triple power, uh, like triple triple spot with uh, um, Ember Moon, Kyrie Sane, and uh, Peyton Royce with a powerbomb suplex. Um, uh, Peyton Royce getting. Uh, two counts on both both of the other women. Uh, you know, Nikki Cross comes coming back into the match with a flying crossbody. She's amazing with that crossbody. I can't be- can't believe she's not champion. <laughs> um, let's see. Kyrie Sane does an insane insane elbow to both Nikki Cross and Payne Royce. Gets a two count. Um. Uh, but uh, Ember Moon comes back with uh, the Eclipse, the the move that, the move that does end the match. You know, it, it's a protected finisher, uh, the Eclipse, and gets the win uh, by pinning Nikki Cross and becoming new NXT champion. With um, it was a bit annoying at the end uh, with Asuka coming into the ring and handing the title to Ember Moon. I can understand your frustration, uh, fr- frustrations, guys, uh, with that happening because um, it 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 just only begs the question: Why didn't she just do the whole passing of the torch? Well, this is you know, in their last match and whatnot. You know, in the last takeover. I mean, so, I mean, this is that's, that's what I was kind of like alluding to. Like, they could have done this on a house show, you know, on the pre pre tape recording stuff. Obviously, unfortunately, I, I guess I guess the problem with it on a pre recorded show would have been like it would have got leaked way before. But um, which happens, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, it's I don't know. But no, I I I I did actually like the work rate of uh, the match itself. I did actually think it was actually a good match. Uh, despite all the kind of like issues that it has in terms of uh, building a story to entice new new watchers like yourself, Pete, and uh, uh, you know, whatnot, it still is a really good match in my eyes. So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't say it's not. I just don't think, uh, A, it was as good as the, the previous match, and B, just the storytelling, I thought could have been better and different. But again, that's just one man's opinion in a sea of everything. In a sea, in a sea of everything. So, uh, Kevin. Yeah. So from my side, um, yeah, I I really like the match as well. Uh, everyone got a, a, a decent pop uh, when uh, Nikki was the Nikki Cross was the first one out. There was a really good pop for her. Um, 
Kyrie Sane's pirate princess gimmick is the most. I like it. It's the most Japanese gimmick Absolutely I've seen on WWE in forever. Really? In forever. Well, well the, the most this is created in Japan gimmick, you know, uh, in the, that that level of just bonkersness about the gimmick. Uh, what, being I, a, what being a pirate being is completely Japanese no. bonkers. The, the way, being the way an she, anime the way pirate, basically. Yeah. yeah. Okay, fair enough. Well, I could, Carrying I could around the a... small ship's wheel used there's, to be. There's a big, there's a big difference between Kyrie, Kyrie Sane's pirate and fucking the blatant rip-off of Pirates of the Caribbean pirate that WWE was doing. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I could definitely agree with that, being that uh, the, uh, what was it, one of the signs out in the crowd was heavily anime inspired so yeah, yeah i can it, understand that, that, that whole that whole level but my my point was because i want to i want to see footage of when vince was first introduced to that <laughs> i i would say if it, yeah it's like it's just somebody trying to a hunter having to explain over the course of i don't know several family meals what what this character is <laughs> because it wouldn't just wouldn't go down um so yeah uh so color is that dicky cross is in cross uh and, and ember moon is ember moon uh peyton royce i am in complete agreement with you turbo i've got no idea what, She's iconic. what everyone's um so I, I i gathered from what I I saw before the match and yeah. in the match that basically she also was like oh okay so she's part of discount lay cool oh okay fine like you're not making me care great. about you at all everything everything I gathered from the promos and everything else is that she's iconic yes that's it that's, that's all I got from her we need we need more people she's using like, the word. She's, she's sponsored by Ubisoft. Excellent. She's, Great. She's sponsored, she's sponsored by Ubisoft. She's Australian. I got that. She's Australian. And she's iconic. She's Australian. Well, she's iconic. She's taking up my time. She needs a she's, finisher. She, she needs a finisher, which is just called the Tower Climb. She has to go on first every single... Uh, every single time she has to jerk the curtain every single time because it's the only way they can discover more of the arena <laughs> to get more people in um so yeah um it, my only grub about the commentary for the entirety of this pay-per-view is this particular match and that's because i i, I tell you what maro um you drinking game guys at home? Have a drink every time he puts some kind of space metaphor or analogy uh, or mentions space or the moon space. or the fact that it's in Houston. So all space city. It was like how forced it gets in, in this match is really really awful the stars have aligned for ember moon in space city and my god man just take some pills or something and matt hardy was in the back just writing his oh this is gonna be good for my rebirth uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
he's, he's, he's got his coat of battle now. He's got his coat of battle now from Senior Benjamin. It's been, he's been seen. Don't worry. Well, we can talk. We can talk about this later. Okay. We can but talk yes, about we had the, we had the two pace the 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 pace suicida just to make Marrow's day. Um, the there was a load of chops from uh, Sane in the corner on Ember Moon that was really. The only thing Kyrie was there for was that stupidly good elbow drop at the yeah, end. Yeah, all that though the elbow's amazing. Yeah, Absolutely it's the best elbow amazing. in the business right what, now. What was also good uh, was there was a sequence where uh there was a uh, it was like a, a crossover in the range, came off the ropes. Uh I can't remember who I think it was Ember actually to like leapfrogged over Kyrie saying and she speared uh Peyton and that was a solid hit. I mean oh, that, yeah. that 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 looked that, that looked like it caused damage. So that was that was very good. Um Yeah, it was it was Kyrie, it was Kyrie seem uh, wait, what was it? I am I Ember Moon leaping frog uh Kyrie Sane, Kyrie Sane spears Peyton Royce. The, actually, uh, going back to the elbow as well. I have a problem with the elbow in the um, I, I've just written here. Um, isn't Peyton pinning Cross? <laughs> because because he's like Cross is down on the ground and then then the like lays Peyton over. Like, you're pinning her then. <laughs> and the refs looking at these refs saying sitting next to it. Do you guess? Is a is a? I think he's like he like tried to like put like a hand under the shoulders to check and it's like well she's not bloody moving. That's that's one. I think that's one thing that uh, the ref needs to do in in that situation in a four, fatal four way match where he needs to go double check the fourth person mm. while one, two, and three are doing this spot. Yeah, so there that needs, way there he needs, doesn't yeah, notice this way stupid lackadaisical because pin. that that it's that it's we've seen championships changed on this bollocks, and it, 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 it it's not like it was like it was a hand like no, you've lent the person over the top of the person. That's a pin. Uh, but I, I absolutely fell in love with Nikki Cross's offense uh, for that entire bit. The, the, good. Her style of this this really ragged and desperate style, clawing everything's everything is like an absolute rush and in, an emergency uh, to get from one to the other. It, it, it's it's very it's like violent and, and ragged. Uh, I I love that. It was it was it was something different. And it stood out a mile, and I, I really liked it. Um, as a result of all that going on, um, she almost got the victory because uh, Sane almost missed her, <laughs> almost missed her cue to uh, come in and stop the pin. Mm-hmm. And it was only because the referee did a sort of like a, uh, 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 on on the free coming down that uh, they actually made it. So there was a. It almost all fell apart really badly uh, because of that mistime. But other than that, other than that, we knew who was going to win. That person won. It was a good match. It was. Everyone had their chance to shine, more or less. And I'm interested in seeing where they go from here and with whom. Because I don't... It wasn't a case of, oh, this person has 
has um, it wasn't a case of this person has you know, comprehensively beaten everybody and it was and everyone still looks kind of strong and in a position where they can still go say hey I should deserve to to actually challenge Ember for the moon for the title going forward uh, Ember for the moon Ember, Ember, Ember. challenge you for the moon uh, Ember for the moon and uh, yes for the moon and other things for the moon and the stars <laughs> space city uh, yeah no Really, I was really pleased with that. Uh, um, when the I I liked that that they at least gave her a slight rub with Oscar coming in to hand over the title. Yeah, you know, it, 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 it made it look a bit. It made it look classy. It was the best of a bad situation. Although at the time, I I have written. Uh, I keep wishing that Oscar suddenly like turned immediately just turned heel. Grabbed the belt and took it back. <laughs> like it's mine. You didn't win it off me. And then just takes it back to the main roster and just keeps carrying it around. And no one and no one is able to then get it off her. Uh, <laughs> and they have to change the belt yet again. It just, it just keeps going around, just dragging around the NXT belt. Uh, but yeah, otherwise, and then we went into went from that to talk about. So we went from that to talk about. Uh, the actual war games match coming up, and did you know you can buy toys? Buy toys, parents. That was the worst fucking thing. Buy toys, you, or, like, Sa- was, or Santa was, will was, hate you. It was more the fact that it looked nothing like the ring or the cage, and they were yes, like, "And you can nothing. do everything that you've seen on war games nothing. tonight." Well, I, I was get, it, this had no, that advertisement had nothing to do with more war games. They basically had a deal with um, uh, Mattel. Mattel said, "Hey, we, you know, your success with the shark cage uh, match at that one takeover. Yeah, we need you to do more promotion for us and promote our latest piece of tat. Okay, just do that for us. Okay, just do it for this NXT takeover oh, show. Like, do we don't have it. We don't have a match to relate to this thing. That's okay. It's okay. Just do it. Just shell it. You know how to shell. Just." Go! Do Go all it. the things you see at war games, except war games. <laughs> For that, you'll need to buy another ring. But don't worry. Have buy more two of these. Have more children, and then you can buy one each a ring, and then they can play together, and then it's like a family. Love Look, WWE and Mattel are buying you happiness. You want you want them to play with each other's ring? <laughs> Kevin, no. <laughs> a family picture. Um, family picture. Um, so we move from. Uh, let me have a look at my list here. We move from three matches, three matches, three matches in a row with completely broadcasted winners to a match without a broadcasted winner, in my opinion. Um, wow. Um, now I like Drew McIntyre. I liked him on the when he came back and was on the British circuit a fair bit and back on the indie scene after he was let go. Um, I was expecting him to win this match. I wasn't yeah, expecting I, I him was to on... lose because the you could say that the loss was down to the interference in this match, but it, the interference did nothing because he kicked out with the big interference. 
and all the interference seemed to have done to cause the victory was help uh, Andrade's stamina. Like he would have, he would have uh, lost the pinfall had the, the the foot in a botched way uh, not been put on the rope. But um, I think that's about the only real thing that helped win the match. I think, you know, because mm. the fuck up was essentially on Drew's part at the end there. Yeah. Um, well, let's get. Let's. Yeah, I wasn't that into this match, unfortunately. So, well, like it, it really didn't hold my attention too much. So, I mean, I watched the opening. I watched like the couple of obviously. I watched it all, but like, I don't know. I think it could have done with being about four minutes shorter and finished around about ten, the eleven minute mark. But uh, that's just me. I thought it was a really dull match, this one. Mm. Well, um, for myself, I when I was watching NXT TakeOver Live, yeah, uh, I actually fell asleep uh, halfway through this match. So when I woke up to what happened in the end, I was gobsmacked. Um, so... Uh, it was really annoying, annoying how to see how this all turned out, and yeah, I was I was on the same boat as you, Pete. I was I was looking at this match on paper, and I was like, Nah, this is not gonna be the program going forward. Drew's gonna win this match. He's gonna win it, no problem. And then I'm kind of like seeing this result, and it's like, Jesus, so. And then of course, what happened afterwards, and we'll get to it. I uh, I am not one happy Scotsman. Trust me that. Mm. But anyway, starting into the ma- uh, going into the match, um, uh, Andrade Cien Almas is the lost member of Nation of Domination. Uh, <laughs> that's essentially what I see every time he does that. It's just every time. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, f- for some reason uh, during uh, Drew McIntyre's um, entrance. Like, Mario Ronaldo didn't do enough shilling as his... Now he's shilling Nintendo products. It's like, he he makes a reference to Super Mario Odyssey. It's like, Mario, Nintendo doesn't need your help. It's selling gangbusters. <laughs> it's like, we don't need your help. They don't need your help. <sighs> Jeez. He, he was just auditioning for a role in Up, Up, Down, Down. All right? <laughs> Anywho. Um, but going into the match itself... Um, like Drew McIntyre was in in control from the start. Then, um, uh, uh, CN was then uh, then working on, um, uh, what was it, uh, Drew McIntyre's arm, which would I think it was the arm that was going to be affected at the end of the match, um, mm. which uh, is. Uh, 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 ironic twist of fate, I shall say. Not the literal move, twist of fate. I'm like actual fate. Um, but going into later, uh, late into the match, obviously he, um, CN was able to throw uh, uh, Drew into the post with his shoulder and whatnot. Um, uh, putting uh, Drew in uh, some uh, arm submissions, working on the arm, obviously working out well with you know the uh, psychology on that but then Drew McIntyre coming back uh doing a uh you know uh 
there, there was a really good spot between Drew and Cien where the uh, he, he Drew McIntyre tried to do a power slam. It was reversed. Then Drew reversed it again and did it into. A, uh, I think it uh, goes into a throwing suplex. Which, but man, when he's strong, he's strong, and Drew can throw like nothing. It's like it's almost it's almost like Braun Str- Braun Strowman's kind of like throws, you know, throwing, you know, people across halfway, you know, all the way across the ring and whatnot. But this is Drew McIntyre we're talking about. This is someone who's way more linear. Um, uh, Drew McIntyre hit hitting the Celtic Cross for a two count. That was really good. Uh, Cien Almas doing an inverted DDT. Very impressive. Uh, a um, He also do, uh, tries a Hurricanana. Um, <laughs> but is reversed. Um, uh, with uh, Drew McIntyre doing... Uh, oh, sugar. Uh, I can't remember this uh, anagram. I, I can't remember my own anagrams. ABS. Um, All shittery. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Aerial bombs. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, uh, I'm, just, uh, I'm just seeing a couple other things here. Some other Aerial moves. Uh, uh, sausage. Can I finish? <laughs> um, was it? Uh, oh, my handwriting is getting a little messy. Uh, ooh, uh, a future sock D- DDT from Drew McIntyre for two count. That was good. Uh, Cien doing some double knees uh, spots. One double. Uh, well, well, uh, oh, before that, Cien does the Del Rio stomp. What did we like? Mm, I hated when Del Rio did it. Cien, don't Defend. make me hurt you. They, they were giving Del uh, the Del Rio chance throughout the match as well. Like yeah, so, but don't feed the trolls and don't feed them by doing shitty moves like that. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I, I must interrupt you, John. Did you see what happened to him in his match what? with with uh, with Johnny in with Johnny Impact? Oh, Del Rio. Oh yes. no. I Did you see what happened? Okay, so they they had this. I know I'm talking about Impact, but they had a grudge match between the two of them, and they. Del Rio set up the steps, the steel steps on their side, on top of of um, of, of Johnny Impact, mm. our, our good friend, uh, and he did the double stump off of the apron and onto the stairs and and, and into his into his adversary. Uh, at which point, the stairs, you know, then sort of fell to the side and fell. So as they would be normally upright. Um, of course, where is Del Rio got to go really, apart from down? And he basically so he, so he basically stomped on the stairs. The stairs fell sideways. He's still going sideways in midair, and he basically lands back first on the stairs from the apron <laughs> and, and messes oh. himself up. It's just hilarious. He's, he like falls off the stairs and ends up like ah. <laughs> Check it out. The gifts all over the all over Twitter. It's it's and that's why and that's why that move is shit. Yeah. Uh, so CN, don't stop doing that. Okay, I know you and Alberto was friends 
in the in WWE, but trust me, don't imitate his moves. It's not Life worth imitating it. Imitating art. Um. Uh. Oh, sugar. I'm just, uh, lost my place now. So. Oh. Uh. What was it? Uh. uh who? Who? Who's her name again? Uh. Savine. Uh, whatever. Selena um, Vega. Selena Vega. There we go. Um. She does a couple of interruption spots. Uh. Like a, a face planted hurricanrana. Like. Uh. That hit hard, obviously. Um. Uh, but of course, all that for a two count. Um, Drew McIntyre with the Claymore gets a two count, um, but tries to go for it again, gets hung up on the ropes, and then we lead up to the finish of the match, which was out of nowhere, and of course, the 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 devastation that would happen afterwards. Uh, Cien goes for a top rope DDT, kind of like a draping DDT that uh, Orton does, but this time uh, Drew's on the top rope. He He's holding his uh, left arm on the rope, which is the arm that was being worked on in the match as well, and he holds on for too long. I don't know why he was holding on for the, in the first place, and when he dropped, it obviously... Tore the ligament, the uh, pulled it out of the shoulder, and uh, so that would explain why he was holding it at the end of the at the end of the thing. That makes a lot more yeah. sense. And I, that when that was shown, when he was in pain, and he was, and they had the doctor in there and everything, mm-hmm. even though the ref didn't do the universal X sign um, and whatnot, it was clear by Drew's own face because he's been in this position before where he's hurt himself in a bad way and he knows it and he he is really pissed off you saw it in his face and that was real um but yeah okay, seeing no, that after the match like uh, on uh the not 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 on not after the match but it was it was the week later um on i think that that tapings nxt where they had backstage footage of Drew right. getting analyzed and whatnot and, and then the following week they confirmed with with uh, Drew's Twitter post on uh, Twitter uh, kind of, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, that he is out for they didn't they didn't give a time frame they didn't say how long he was out for but many people are speculating he's out for uh, for at least until uh, uh, the summer of next year, which is yeah, too so long. Six months. So, yes. are we? Was this a proper finish, or was it Drew knew he hurt himself? So I think I think it was supposed to be. Now, many, many conflicting arguments on this finish. <laughs> say, say, saying that CN was supposed to win this match and he was supposed to be champion. I highly doubt that. Um, I, I I think they might have cha- changed it while the while mid the match. I don't know, but I did. I didn't feel like that was the case because I've well, the, I've the, seen the, CN. The, the promo video made it seem like that this was going to build up into a like a fifty fifty booking scenario. Mm. Like, um, uh, McIntyre walk away with the first win. CN would get a second win by dastardly means, but he wouldn't win the belt. And then the third match should be the thing where CN would walk away with the belt. Yeah. That's what that booking felt like it was leading up to. Mm. Yeah. 
but of course this is NXT we're talking about and we can't really do that you know we can't space that too long between oh, NXT yeah. live shows so yeah um, <laughs> you can do, you can so. do the second match on a taping it's it's you you can't you can't really tell with this and Drew's a sort of person that if he was if he was aware that he was as badly injured as he thought that he might well have called an audible and said look look this is I've done my arms messed up let's let's do this or whatever but it's, let's call let's go home yeah let's, let's, let's go so. let's go home it felt. Uh, it felt out of place with the finish I agree it feels out of place based on where they were going at least where it was inferred they were going it seems odd to put the belt on him in that way uh, also the ending felt felt odd after the match because the celebration has went on for ages so it felt like they were filling up some time oh yeah oh yeah uh, they were filling, so they, filling so up they, if, so I think they, they did go home early uh, but I, hey, it, I mean, it is what it is, and like I said, I think the, the doctors were a bit afraid to get near Drew. I think at one point at the end because he was so upset. Um, but but yeah, it's it, it sucks all ends up really. But yeah, you got anything else to add on the match, Kev? I have absolutely nothing to add to that. Um, although, all, apart from saying that I fell in your camp a little bit there, Pete, in it in it really didn't do that much for me as a match no uh for whatever reason but it, 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 yeah it, it struggled to keep my attention and yeah. I, I can't really put a finger on why it's just not very mm. investing i guess maybe too slow in places yeah. but i guess that's a firm decision to move mm. on to the war games match that they've been hyping all bloody night Mm. the undisputed era of adam cole bobby fish and kyle o'reilly say it right oh wait yeah hi say it right Pete. sorry bobby adam fish, cole bobby fish kyle o'reilly and adam cole baby thank you no no well you still kind of didn't go get it right it's like it's Adam Cole, baby! Thank you. There we go. <laughs> um, versus the Authors of Pain and Roderick Strong, or Roddy Strong, as some as they decided to be. Yeah, they kept and calling Sammy. him Roddy Strong. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Wolf, Eric Young, and uh, Big Demo, because I'm not going to call him Killian Dane. It's Big Demo. <laughs> Demo, um, Big Demo. 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 Um, it was a fun match. A couple of really big spots. Um, uh, the, oh, I can't remember which one member of Sanity it was that was bleeding. Uh, that was uh, Wolf. Yeah, Wolf. Wolf. That was a mental cut. That was... Nasty. It was yeah, nasty, but wow. You, you probably didn't see it that often, but uh, the amount of blood that was on the table that he was through was yeah. quite a lot. Quite yeah, a lot of blood um, on there. There was a point during towards the end of the match where he got up and staggered around, and I wasn't sure if that was him or the blood loss. And I was just like, "A hmm. um, couple of really dangerous spots as well. Mm. Um, a lot of the cross ring stuff looked very dangerous at times, with people getting caught, like touching that top rope and almost 
looking like they were going to get caught up. Uh, otherwise, like it was uh, an opportunity to do a lot of spots. I thought was pretty good. That suplex off the top of the cage, like oh my god! I'm at the last minute. I'm, I like they're not actually going to do a suplex because, and then at the last minute they cut back and you see everybody's there. And I'm like, woo! Someone could have died. It's like especially mm. with the crowd chanting, "Please don't die." Yes, we had a "Please don't die" chant in WWE, yeah. which we've not had for a very long time. Well, um, uh, two years. <laughs> Um, but yeah I I enjoyed it for what it was Um, I was fully expecting more shenanigans to be like um, like authors of pain kick open the door and throw somebody out so that their team's automatically disqualified yes yes Um, I don't understand like I understand you'd have that rule to stop people leaving the cage to win or to like avoid people but if you're gonna have that rule in place make use of it hmm. that, that was like, exactly what, what I thought was going to happen there is nothing to stop somebody just hurling somebody out of the cage yeah. and they've escaped congratulations they've escaped oh wait they're disqualified but yeah. for being thrown out of the cage also what was up with the rule list they put at the very beginning they just made it sound like the most complicated match in the world this right, whole page of this, this whole list of rules that they put up. Well, I've got the rules. I've got the rules here. Yeah, so well, let's I mean, go over it for you. The, the, the rules don't seem complicated. They seem convoluted. Yeah, it just uh, like the, the whole point. Like I don't understand the point of the shark cages if they're going to be that far away from the ring. Like when they, the minute they and Matt, now bear in mind I've not never seen a war games match on any old pay per view before. Hearing that Arn Anderson's done seventeen of these bloody things makes you feel like what? Eighteen, really? Um, Even more, eighteen. Um, I was like, the minute they said it was going to be like shark cages, I was like, oh, okay. So essentially, it's like an elimination chamber. Essentially, like it's a big cage with people locked in things until time runs out. I assume that's where I assume that's where the elimination chamber is is built off of. Kind of. Without maybe. obviously eliminations, I don't know. I don't get it. But I was just like, okay, okay. So one member of each team starts. Cool. Now the beginning of that match was some of the best triple threat stuff I've ever seen. Like, okay, well they'll try and do the beginning bit where everybody jumps on one person, but then there's the whole they're grappling, and instead of somebody else coming in and punching, the other guy gets kicked. And I'm like that. This is some of the best stuff I've seen. Now, whether it's due to the fucking cages there in the way to stop people getting out of the way, it just seemed like some of the best triple threat stuff I'd seen for like a long time. You had some. You had some very talented uh, wrestlers in there as well, which is what made it very seasoned yeah. professionals around there. I mean, just hell, just Eric Young on his own. For God's sake, I mean, <laughs> um, that's, that, there's lots going on. Um, you mentioned the shark cages. I, I The first thing I wrote about the shark cages was, pop, was shark cages, uh, and then then uh, Authors of Pain came out and started shoving the cage that Sanity were in. And I was like, wait, you, we could, you could move those cages, yeah. push them over. <laughs> push them over onto the door they can't get out. 
They're stuck in the shark cage. There's no way for them to get out after that. You immediately have a situation where those kill aren't with it anymore. They just can't. It, it was all very it was very strange. And speaking of authors of pain coming out, I'm very sad that Paul Ellering doesn't come out with a copy of the Wall Street Journal. I know WWE are desperately trying to cut costs, but buy the man a copy of the Wall Street Journal. Him not holding it seems very wrong to me. He needs to be waving it around and bashing people in the head with it. Yeah, it's better than that stupid dummy he was holding that one time. Oh, Rocco. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, um, as a match, it was very good. Some really good spots, a lot of dangerous stuff. Um, I think that the, at the end of the match, I, I looked at it and I was like, this is a testing ground to see if they can pull it off in a mainstream one. Mm. Because I think the biggest the biggest problem with mainstream stuff is having pay-per-views titled around specific match types uh, is making it lose its flavour and they need to add some more variety to stuff so they're testing the waters for the main roster to see if they can actually move this over is what I think they're going to do so um, I enjoyed it uh, Mr. John with your analysis of Doom on this uh, 20, no 40 minute match yeah, this was the longest match of the night, and for good reason, because there was a lot of good stuff. Like, both of you were talking about uh, at the start of the match with Eric Young, Roderick Strong, and Adam Cole, Bay Bay. Um, he, uh, both, all three of them working well in that first five minutes uh, of that match. Uh, they were brilliant cohesion right there. Um uh, after that first five minutes, we had uh, the rest of Undisputed Era to go into the ring and uh, take control. After uh, they, they did some really good four, uh, triple forearm kind of like uh, spots with uh, uh, Eric Young and Roderick Strong, where they're kind of like you know sandwiched between the ropes and the cage, and each one each one of the of the era uh, <laughs> doing nice forearm shots. Uh, then, uh, uh, Officer Payne uh, hit the ring after uh, after the three minute mark um, or three minute time limit uh, time timer expired. Uh, what was it? Um, they were they did uh, uh, oh, they did this amazing spot where they had two people in the tree of woe, uh, and then they caught they had another two people in their hands and they did Death Valley drivers into the people yeah. in the tree of woe. Nice. That was brilliant. Uh, then after the next three minutes, uh, Sanity made their way. So the ma it's now the match, be uh, match beyond. So everyone's now going for pins and submissions. Uh, they, they were smart enough to have two referees in the match, one in each ring, to make sure if anyone made a pinfall or submission attempt, they would go for it and whatnot. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, one was Kevin's favorite orange lighthouse. Man. I was gonna, I was gonna say one of them was indeed a lighthouse. So, so th that that so that explains why the lighting was so much better afterwards. <laughs> he was he was brightening up the the cage yeah. inside. Um, sanity when they were coming into the match, they were obviously that of anarchy. Uh, they were um, putting in chairs, tables. 
kendo sticks, chains, uh, oh, the the whole kit and caboodle. Hardcore, bro. Yeah, it was it was all hardcore, baby. Um, uh, killing day demo demo. Uh, he smart smart enough to lock the cage, and swallow the key, to said lock. Uh, nice spot, nice spot there. Um, it's like, oh, they were just rough. Like, Killian Dame was, like, really good, you know, really strong. There was a spot that he, that, that, uh, Damo did, uh, to start off with. Uh, or, or, like, he did the spot, but also, off camera, Razor did this, the exact same spot. Yeah, it Basically, it was like, uh, he had, um, uh, Oh, who is it? It's like, uh, uh, oh, I f forgot who he had. He had Adam Cole on top of, uh, Bobby Fish and using the body of, uh, oh, wait, oh, wait, no, he, he does, uh, he does something to, oh, shit, I don't know what MD is. <laughs> I've forgotten what MD means. Mass but he does, Driver. Mega Drive. <laughs> yeah, sure, we'll go with that. Mega Driver. Uh, Mega. Like, <laughs> he does. He does a move to uh, to Adam Cole and uh, Bobby Fish. Uh, um, onto Bobby Fish, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Uh, then afterwards, he does a. Oh, he did a fallaway slam and a Samoan drop uh, combo, which Razor did the exact same way off camera. And everyone else, obviously, the crowd saw that, but obviously we didn't see that. But it was it was implied, obviously, because you know that happened. And then they, uh, Demo and Razor, go at it. Uh, Razor does a, uh, a, you know, gives Demo a power slam for a two count. Um, uh, what was it? Uh, Undisputed Era. They get back into the match. They do this triple attack suplex combination called the chasing chasing the dragon. That was amazing. Real good triple teamwork. I'm surprised the New Day don't do something like that. You know, it's like it's you know. It, it's um, nice. It's nice as well because it's paying a little homage also to the fact that redragon and the stuff yeah, they're and, and, and the stuff with bullet club and the triple super kicks with with uh, with the, the, with the yeah. boys <laughs> the boys the boys, boys. um <laughs> excuse me um what was it uh, uh wolf got hit hard by uh uh kyle o'reilly with a move that was brutal I can't. I can't. Remember, I think it was like a kick or whatever, kendo sh shot or whatever. Um, Kyle Riley. Uh, Kyle Riley puts uh, Wolf into uh, Ar Armageddon, uh, uh, a submission with a, uh, and he was using the chain, with just chain. wrapping them out. Yeah. It's like, oh, hmm, whoa, jeez. It's like I mean, I'm surprised he would, got away with that. That would have looked a little bit more. Interesting if he wasn't fucking around with the chain for so long. Yeah, yeah, it, it, but... it, it kind of lost all emphasis because it was like, oh, wrap around the head, wrap around the eyes, wrap around the. And it just, it just yeah. wrap it around nothing in the end. It was just yeah. dangling there. I'm just going to wrap this uh, around your arm. 
<laughs> just make it make a new accessory out how of. do you like this how do you like this as a new tattoo <laughs> um what was it bobby fish stops uh uh what was it? oh wait uh eric young breaks up the submission with an elbow drop he was like just out of nowhere just it was really good and then bobby fish stops uh eric young with a uh, Eric Young's pinfall with a moonsault which was awesome uh, uh, Officer Payne doing a super collider to uh, Undisputed Era uh, with Killian Dane in the middle and this was like this was like Demo in the middle of, uh, of between the two rings you know and they just do a collider and boom uh, oof, that was good um uh Roderick Strong going going to backbreak City uh, with multiple backbreakers. Um, also giving uh, Kyle O'Reilly an angle slam for a two count. Two count. Uh, what is it? Uh, oh my God! The eight-man Tower of Doom spot, uh, mm -hmm. where it was like uh, AOP and all that. Um, Game powered bomb, like power bomb suplex and all that, and Adam Cole, baby, just in the middle, as the survivor, just as that, you know, he he's like the surviving, surviving the aftermath mm. of that. It was amazing. Um, uh, Adam Cole getting hung up by AOP again. Um, uh, uh, he's it, it's like a, he gets he climbs up to the top of the uh, top of the cage. Uh, AOP gets taken out one by uh, one by one through the tables that they set up at the at the end of the ring, which obviously you know leads to the rule: if you set up a table, you're going through it. So there you go. But uh, of course, that would lead to uh, also uh, what was it? Uh, Eric Young does an amazing neck breaker to one the other member of AOP um, from that uh, from that rope spot. It was like oof. Um, Demo with a coast to coast and and that shouting was to sickening to watch. That yeah, was... and then he sh and he shouts to Adam Cole. It's like I'm gonna come, and it's like damn right he did. <laughs> he, he was almost he almost killed him. And of I, course, I I hope Demo does that on a regular occasion. Like I was gonna say, it's do doing better. It's a lot better than how um, Shane doesn't... does it anymore. And uh, yeah, so yeah. Is Damo. the NXT ring smaller than an average WWE ring? No, no. it's it's the same size. Standard. It's the same size. That's mental because, I mean, he looked. Damo looked like he had no problem doing that. Where Shane, no. he he is that impressive. It's, I, I'm just yeah. ashamed that I, I'm just. Uh, it's just a shame that Damo hasn't been given that much uh, time. time. Yeah, yeah. I, I ring time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a. Um, uh, you know, a loud, loud Adam Cole baby spot um, from the crowd there uh, when he's on top of the top of the ring. Roderick Strong sees him, goes after him, and leads to the superplex spot that you were uh, talking about. And the crowd saying, "Please don't die." What was it called? It's the like, Everest, av the Everest superplex, uh, uh, or Avalanche suplex? Uh, no, no, uh, I'm no. He specifically called it. Specifically called it, it, specifically called it like an, an Everest one because oh, it was the highest it could possibly be. The highest point. Okay, so. fair enough. I just called it a superplex. <laughs> uh, 
or, or super super, super duper uh, plex I should probably call it next uh, <laughs> um what was it? Uh, what was it? Um, AOP hitting uh, Killian Dane with uh, a side rush and leg sweep and clothesline combo called the last chapter. Um, there. Uh, and then... Uh, <clears throat> gotta clean my throat for this one. <clears throat> Undisputed Error doing... Damnation! <laughs> To AOP. What? Uh, <laughs> my throat's not that good to do. I think, do, I think, uh... you, I think you can get arrested for that, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, uh, uh, yeah. I think uh, I think I might get sued by uh, um, uh, St uh, Styles, <laughs> uh, Joey Styles. Um, uh, so he does uh, double move. Oh, jeez, there's so many bloody good spots. Um, uh, I'm gonna ruin it all. Kevin's gonna have nothing to talk about. Oh, I've got stuff to talk about. <laughs> oh, he probably will. Um, what was it? Uh, uh, Eric Young hitting Roderick Strong with a wheelbarrow su suplex uh, onto the cage. That was beautiful. Um, uh, Adam Cole hits uh, Eric Young with uh, with uh, a kendo stick, um, and then Eric Young tries to. Uh, you know, counter back with a chair, but he's holding it up, and then Adam Cole hits him with the head with Shining Wizard, and Adam Cole gets the win for the first ever War Games to take place in over 20 years. See, the ending wow. was a little bit weird to me. I was expecting the chair to go into Cole's face rather than be the other way, like used offensively in a defensive well, position. But well, be, well, being that. Uh, Eric Young was holding it like that, and he wasn't absolutely actually on his feet to you know make a swing or whatever. Oh, by yeah. the way, I totally mi I totally missed one spot. I hope Ke Kevin talks about it later. But uh, um, but no, you know, I'll, I'll I'll see whether or not he'll talk about it. Mm. But yeah, there was one me uh, there was one spot with a chair. I think it was with Wolf. So you know uh, that might be something talking. But yeah, at the end, everyone's dead. Undisputed era, you know all. You know they they're the last man, or may, mostly uh, Adam Cole is like uh, the the last man standing essentially. Uh, you know, standing tall in in war games, and that, it goes to show you. Chair and sat down in the ring. That was funny. Yes, <laughs> yeah, they, they deserve that rest. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it definitely showed that this was a shock to the system and uh, un the Undisputed Era John. has begun so <laughs> so there you go that's that's my and I love that I match I do suppose it was their first proper PPV match and I should have thought that they yeah, would it was it, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that yeah. would make sense to, to me it was pretty telegraphed they were winning yeah. and it was pretty telegraphed that Adam Cole was going to get the pin um, so from my point of view I, I, going back the reason why I was making a big fuss about the rules was uh, to quote uh, the late great uh, Bobby Heenan it's war <laughs> okay <laughs> who gives a damn it's war <laughs> fuck the rules <laughs> it's war <laughs> <laughs> and 
And somebody was smarter, smart about that. And we'll get it. We'll get to that. Um, there was there was lots of great stuff going in. I mean, the the match we had the triple threat, and then. Um, uh, and then the undisputed era guys came in as the first as the first tag team, and they un, undid the cage. I quite like the fact that they've had to they had to pull in actually. If you looked, they had to pull in from uh, the archivist all all the shark cages they have because if you looked at the shark cages, they were all different. They're all completely different shark cages from different things with different connectors on the top, but it was all different shapes and sizes. It was kind of weird. Uh, but so they came in and uh, it kind of went it was a bit eh when it was the Undisputed Era versus uh, Young and Strong then we had Authors of Pain come in now a year ago a year ago okay when they first made their mark uh, in NXT and they came in with Paul Ellering and no one remembered who Paul Ellering was and I was sad uh they were green as fuck and they were not very good at all those guys have come along leaps and bounds and you know they are exactly what is written on they are really really strong men who will beat the crap out of you and a great example of this was uh, mentioned there was a wheelbarrow suplex into the cage before that right at the beginning there was a wheelbarrow suplex that uh, one of the authors of pain did and, uh, there was a bit of pepper on that 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 was there there was some snap uh, and in that he in that uh, whoever it was who it was on hit the mat and it sounded like their neck had gone uh, it was it was very loud and, and, and devastating. Spe and speaking of using that power, um, when they were just hurling people left, right, and centre around, there was a veal throw from the authors of, of pay. It just, just hurled. So I don't remember who it was. They they left that time zone. I know for a fact because they were about halfway in the left hand ring and they just veal throw somebody right over out of that ring over both sets of ropes and into the next ring. I think it was Adam Cole. It was probably Adam Cole. It was somebody 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 from the, the uh, undisputed era certainly. So I'd imagine it was oh, wait, Adam no. Cole. I I think I think it was no. It was it was first. Eric Young, then Roderick Strong, then Adam Cole. They did it three times. It wasn't, it wasn't Roderick Strong because they were on his side. They, they, they held Roderick Strong in the end. And yeah, they, they I... used Roderick Strong, they used their own teammate as a weapon, <laughs> which, yeah. which was oddly effective. But even then, it was a case of, we don't care. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was very good. Um, I did mark out for them specifically calling that, uh, as Turbo mentioned earlier, they, them calling it as. And now we're on to the match beyond. Ooh. That was nice. Nice bit of little history and just a, a, a thing to remember that there is the specific stages of the, of the match. Then, oh, there was a slight, there was a slight cock up on the lights actually when the second team was announced. I don't know if anyone saw that. Because uh, it was initially the lights, the lights fell onto uh, Sanity. But the and, light quickly switched to... and it was like, oh, no, we meant these ones who were already unlocking. <laughs> uh, Sanity came in, 
And, and of all the teams to make sense of war, it's oddly appropriate that Insanity is the ones who took the whole mm-hmm. idea of it. It's fucking war! Just... <laughs> so, Wolf comes in, is smart, just gets out. I, I was wondering, why is he getting in with his jacket on still? And then it was like, whoop, up the sleeve, he's got a nightstick, and he's going to beat your brains out that with it. Good. That was so... Meanwhile... Meanwhile, Killian Day just walking around the outside. What's he doing? He's taking his time. What's he got? Oh, he's going under the ring. He's getting a couple of chairs and putting those in the ring because it's war. Okay, <laughs> you can do whatever you want. He gets the fingers some kendo sticks and there's a load of he's a load of trash cans which the referees are hopeless in getting rid of once they were used. They were like they kept they kept putting them over the top rope. And <laughs> once the trash cans were used, put them over the top rope because that's them out of the ring. Except, you know, there's a massive cage around the rings. You may not have noticed. Um, so, yeah, everyone goes through all the weapons. The crowd chant their, uh, chant their asses off the tables. And after a moment of hesitation, they just looks at them and just goes, yeah, sod it. Let's go get them. <laughs> Gets the biggest pop of the night was for the fact that he actually got tables out of the ring and put those in. Um, eventually, Dane gets in the wing and proceeds to just dismantle everybody for the best part of six minutes. Now, before he did that, um, I just want to point out a, a spot with... Uh, and I said it was Wolf, but it was, it's actually uh, Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly had a chair, and he did a chair spot where he hit the top rope and he hit his head. I That's the that first one. time anyone's taken a headshot in WWE since the ban. Holy oh, that, shit! That, that's, it. that's him. That's him. Found finds five thousand dollars, <laughs> and and you're going to be sent down to NXT. Oh wait. Oh wait. He's already in NXT. <laughs> he's going to sit. Development? Evolve. <laughs> sent down there. No, he's going back to the performance center. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's making the tea. There's, uh, so, uh, yeah, so he gets a super pop for that, uh, he, he just come, Dane comes in, old Damo, he comes in and just runs roughshod over just, just everybody for the best part of six minutes, and literally just goes in, but he manhandles both authors of pain, um uh, around, he's, he's shoving everybody and kicking everybody and, and just, and, and taking people inside out uh including a great spot where he there's somebody in the corner there's somebody on the on the ground and he does a drop kick into the corner into a senton on the other guy which is really yeah, good amazing spot really good uh continued his uh, his path of destruction um from from one ring to the other adam cole picks up a kendo stick to defend himself this was a bad move <laughs> this was a bad move and he knew and what i love about his facial expressions he knew it was a bad move he could you could see his face he knew this was a bad move what he was going to do he did it anyway and then he was like i was right this was a bad <laughs> this was this whole idea was bad and then he was course, murdered by him um after which and what you um noted down and couldn't identify or remember john um i think it was 
uh, Fish who came over and made the mistake of again trying to hit Killian Dane. And Dane was less than impressed by this. And instead, as he was standing over Adam Cole at the time, picked up, I'm going to say it was Fish, it might not have been, and proceeded to do a sit down Michinuku driver. That's it. <laughs> Mitch Nuka Driver, that's what it was. He says, sit down and Mitch Nuka Driver into Adam Cole. (laughs) I think it was the other way around. I think think he had Adam Cole, he put Adam Cole onto Bobby Fish. I think that's why I got here. One of the others, but it was just, it was just, ooh. But yeah, I said, holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) For a two count. (laughs) Yeah, for a a two count. Like I say, you're you're just walking around, pacing around, just idly dismantling everybody um <laughs> the the double the double full the way slam samoan drop spot um with him and razor staring across the two rings and doing it at the same time was really awesome it's such a shame they didn't give razor the credit really on the on the uh, television uh, for that because the fact that it was the two because it, it made it more then because you had the two powerhouses like like squaring off and saying, "Hey, this is what I can do. This is what I can do. You know, anything you can do, I can I, do better. Anything you can do, I can do better." <laughs> yes. Um, he, he, Dane was a bit annoyed after that, so he just he just casually beheaded Adam Cole for clothesline. <laughs> he was actually he just got up. Adam Cole was staggering around. This went. He went just like fuck you and just just, just turned him inside out. Uh, we had the use of the chain and the slice of the table. And the coast. The, the last big note I have written down is: is Dane goes coast to coast. Dane, Dane now greatest wrestler in WWE. Sorry, Shane. <laughs> so, so, which, he's the greatest wrestler of all time now. Is I'm sorry. He's, he's the most powerful wrestler in in, in the entirety of WWE because he just he Game just over. outdid Shane with his own move. It's yeah, indeed. It. Um, so, I also thought the that, finish That's was... probably the reason why we didn't see a coast-to-coast from Shane, even though, you know, that would have gotten him disqualified or whatever, but... So uh, I, I'm, I'm, there's enough time left in the year for us to have a third Hell in Sandwich for Shane to jump into a table for. <laughs> he, may, he might just do that. He, he's probably doing it now. Just in his mm. own personal time. It's, it's, it's how he puts his kids to bed. They just move out the way. Yeah, <laughs> puts himself to bed. Um. Anyway, yeah. I, I think unless you got any last moves, that was uh War yeah. Games. Marks out of five guys. Five. Ten. What am I, what am I saying? <laughs> ten. <laughs> there was five matches. Marks out of ten. Um, I am going go go with a solid eight. Um, I definitely agree that uh, the the Lars uh, uh the Lars Sullivan KO match uh or Oh no, match uh, was, mm, uh, but I still thought it was uh, de- uh, very good. Uh, and uh, the NXT title match uh, obviously had some good spots, but I think that wasn't as good as I I wasn't as invested. But for the rest of the card, I thought it was solid. I thought it was absolutely amazing. So that's why I'm giving it a, a solid eight out of ten. Okay. Uh, I am agreeing with John. I am going to give that an 8 out of 10. Uh, if I had a dream card for the best matches of the last year, um, I would certainly have Black versus the Velveteen Dream on, on that card. Uh, it was a, that was a fantastic 
uh, fantastic match. Well, you, good, great you better get uh, any WWE calling you, and uh, if they're asking Absolutely. for uh, best best matches of 2017 NXT, you know, make the call. Put that uh, on the DVD. We'll we'll put that on on there with the uh, Usos and New Day, and uh, be good. Uh, everything else was pretty was pretty solid. There wasn't really a, a bad. There wasn't a, really a bad match. Um, the only odd one was, like I say, the uh, championship match, which for some reason just didn't grab me. But otherwise, um, I certainly it was a well produced and uh, very entertaining pay per view for two and a half hours and didn't murder me in the process. It was great. So I'm going to buck the trend once again and <laughs> give, it a, give it a solid seven. Oh. Um, All right. Five matches. Two points to three of the matches, one point to the championship match, and nil point, nil point to that first match, which actually Wikipedia tells me had a time of five minutes and fourteen seconds. It felt a lot longer <laughs> than five minutes. I'll say that much. Yeah. Jesus. Um. Yeah, I, 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 it was okay as, as the first NXT pay per view. Um, not brilliant for the first one again I'd have to watch more NXT to actually get into it but time is unfortunately this time at this point of the year it's very hard to come by free time so I think we did well with what we did and I hope everybody who has watched us on YouTube or listened to us on iTunes have enjoyed our two hours odd rambling of uh, another pay-per-view we shall return next time for what's next Night Clash, Clash of Champions oh sorry as Booker called it Clash of the Champions um, Clash of Champions yes that is soon not soon enough a couple of weeks away we've got a bit of a break um, Mr. John Turbo Finley if they're looking for you on the social media where can they find your delectable itself well, they can easily find me on Twitter at TurboXLR, as well as catching my live Let's Play channel, which is TurboDrive Live Let's Plays, on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash TurboDrive Live. Superb. Mr. Kevin, the Kevin Eva Eva, where can they find you and all your <laughs> magical boss madness on the social media? Oh, Dave, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at twitter.com forward slash the Kevin Eva. No. As was, as was previously inferred by uh, my good friend Pete here. Uh, also, you can follow Last Minute Continue as an actual channel, which is at Last Min Continue. Just truncated for ease. Uh, also, youtube.com, uh, you can find us on there with uh, Last Minute Continue. Uh, same with Twitch, where we've got uh, all sorts of lovely live streams and, and things going on. Mr. Titans Creed, Pete Nevercut, Esquire, Man of a Thousand Holds, most of them is own. Most of them is own. Perpetual exhaustion is what I'm currently yes. known as. Yes. Um, I can be found on the Twitter sphere and the at Titans Creed. Uh, you can follow my personal gaming uh, YouTube channel on uh, at Gaming Phoenix. You can find me on the YouTube's at youtube.com slash user slash Project Phoenix. And yes, I'm sure Kevin has worked his magic and it's on the screen it's for you. It's already there. You just can't there will see it be... yet. So, no. Have you actually capitalized my uh, my Twitter handle this time, Kev? No. no. 
No capitalization. <laughs> no. No. Bothered. No. Um, all links to uh, previous episodes, I'm sure, will be in the end card, as well as in the links in the description below to everything we've talked about, as well as the iTunes, where you can subscribe and listen to us, John, talk to you for two hours about wrestling analysis. <laughs> Uh, until the next time, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have been Team Bearded and Dangerous. And we will see you next time. Remember, don't put on as much spray tan as you are. Important. <laughs> Lighthouse. Lighthouse. Take care, people. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>